Welcome to StarPod, the Star Trek book club. What's up? It's me, your tiny white Dr. Gage. <laughs> and I'm TJ, and you're listening to StarPod. <laughs> I'm the tiny white doctor, the medical professional, and no one ever tells me anything. And I am half Klingon Supergirl, Balona Torres. Uh, so we got the second episode of Star Trek Voyager, Parallax. Uh, it's third episode. It was a it was a good the first episode. one was actually two episodes. Yeah, and uh, as far as like naming, oops, as far as naming conventions go, I was trying to decide whether to name this episode two or episode three, and I think I decided to call it episode two so that it was in line with the things that I was looking at on Hulu. Yeah, they, uh, you know, were gone are the days of having TV shows have two episodes as their first episode, and then ten years later deciding to cram them together and make it a single episode, just completely ruining all the Wikipedia entries and everything for the foreseeable future. But anyways, so I thought this episode was pretty good for a second episode. Uh, it, it felt like they didn't exactly get a lot done, which I guess was sort of the plot of going in circles. Um, but, you know, they started out, uh, I believe it was a, uh, like a, a board meeting where... Oh yeah, we we we, we not not quite. Uh, so yeah, how how did it start? I can't remember <laughs> if it started with them fighting or yeah, it started with like a cold open of this guy just like having been punched in the face. Yeah, that was it. And you you learned that Belana Torres has uh, has had a disagreement with this guy and handled it in a very very physical way. Yeah, it sounds like I don't know much about the Klingons, but maybe they're like the war warry type people who like to fight and punch. Oh yeah, uh, that's like pretty much uh, their entire their entire thing is like you know they're all about honor and fighting uh, on a Klingon ship. If you want to get promoted, the way that you do that is by killing the person who is currently in that position. <laughs> that seems like a really awful uh, system of promotion, but I don't know. I guess she's only half Klingon, so maybe she only half uh, punched him in the face. But yeah, so she knocks the dude in the face, and then they're you know like talking about it like oh we got problems your people my people chakotay and janeway talk about it and they're like yeah like right after that scene like so i really i I really like this episode because they did like a really cool thing where they had kind of two plots going on and like listening back to this episode uh you know i've seen this episode many times but like i guess listening to it with the intention of recording a podcast about it um was able to see some like some different things like the fact that there was like a whole story about like how to not have a toxic workplace happen in this episode. Yeah. Uh, and I, I thought that was super interesting. But at the same time, there's like a, a dueling story about like, you know, some science fiction stuff is also happening. Oh, yeah. There was definitely some uh, some good uh, faux science thrown in. Because, uh, well, I, I'll get to that. But they, uh, first they, you know, Janeway and, and Chakotay talk about it. And he says something like, oh, I want Belana Torres to be the chief engineer. And Janeway's like, I don't know about that. She did just punch a dude in the head. Yeah, Tuvok wanted to throw her in the brig. Tuvok, yeah, I I even wrote down on the... I tried taking notes, but I didn't do it for very long. Uh, One of the the early notes I wrote was Tuvok, judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, I think it set up a good clash, like, of, like, okay, the Marquis, like, they like to do things one way. Oh, wait, we got... Speaking of the Marquis, not the Marquis. uh, (laughs) Apologies to anyone who was, you know, pulling out their hair, as we said, Marquis a bunch in the the previous episodes. (laughs) It is the Marquis, but for some reason, I really want to put an R in there, so my bad. That's probably because Marquis is already a word that we've heard, but... 
Oh yeah, I, I wrote uh, lateral plasma conduit was the first note that I took because I think that's what they were fighting about. <laughs> uh, Bellana punched him. Tuvok will remember this. Uh, and then Chakotay comes and he talks to her. And he's like, "You're gonna get seventy-five years in the brig, which is coincidentally just how long this trip's gonna take." Or say you're sorry. Not just sorry, but you gotta say sorry and you mean it. Um, yeah, you can't lie about it. I think that scene did a lot for Chakotay. Uh, it, it helped him, especially, like, because there's that scene where he talks to her, and then, like, immediately after that, he's approached by, like, two marquee member, uh, marquee members who... Uh, <laughs> did it again. Who, like, you know, say, you know, oh, you know, we've got your back if you, if you're, for, if there's gonna be a mutiny, we've got your back. And he's like, if I ever hear you say that again, I'm gonna throw <laughs> you in the brig. I think it, it really helps set up Chakotay's character, like, yeah. pretty good. Because is, is he, is he the second in command? Is there a second in command? Yeah, so in all Star Treks, you have your, you have, like, your captain, right? And then you have your, your first officer. Um, and the first officer always plays, like, a really important role, so. Who's the first officer in Voyager? Uh, it, it is it is Chakotay. Okay, so the other one I guess died, and he just ganked their spot. Cool, indeed. Um, so yeah, they that was pretty much the cold open, and then that's that's right. Then they go to their board meeting, and uh, Kess and Neelix come in, and they're like, oh, "We want to grow a garden." Uh, my, or no, they they want to be part of the team. Yeah, my favorite part about the board <laughs> meeting is that it's like the senior officers meeting, and like you see, it's like Chakotay, uh, Janeway, Tuvok. Kim's in there, but I guess he's an officer. But the one that <laughs> on his first mission, yeah, Tom Paris is in there, and like in the previous episode, he was an ex felon, but now he is a senior like member of the team. Yeah, I mean, he helped them out of the uh, the Ocampo's place, so I guess that deserves a promotion. And um, yeah, uh, I, I found that really funny that he was just like immediately like. I mean, because it's it's a show, and he he fills like a pretty important role, but like I I found that pretty funny. Yeah, and Kess and Neelix come in, and they're like, oh, where's our seats? You didn't save us a seat. And they're like, uh, this is for officers only. And, like, well, we got a lot of ideas, so they're like, well, how about you go grow a garden on level three or something? How did you, so, whenever, like, so they come in, and they're like, you know, we want to be part of this, and Janeway's like, okay, well, you can be a, a part of it this time. How, like, what did you, how did you interpret that? What do you think that she was saying? I... I guess she was just trying to do the third grade teacher thing and be like, you know what, sit over there in the corner, play with your blocks while the adults talk, and uh, we'll talk about maybe next time. And then, like, probably never mention it again and hope they forget. Yeah, so I I thought that's that's kind of what Shannon was saying. was like, yeah, no. But I was like, she's like, okay, you guys can be in here. And if you are, you know, if it's if it's valuable, the things you add are valuable, we'll allow you to, you know, join in. Um, I, I don't know that that's what she was saying, uh, and my wife did not believe so, but uh, that was that was my interpretation, that's what I took from it, was that she was like, because especially with this episode, there's a lot of like merit-based stuff going on, Yeah. and so I, I felt that kind of played into that pretty well. Yeah, you gotta prove you can carry your weight, so you're gonna do it by growing uh, carrots in the cargo hold for that the rest is, of your life. That was like very real to me because that is exactly how the boss at my actual job does things like if you come up with an idea it's like your job to implement that idea <laughs> and i was like yep yeah i uh i do because you know obviously don't know a lot about star trek don't know how they grow food on their ships or if they do i guess they materialize it because they're always like you know oh this uh i think it was in the first episode Tom Paris gets on. He's like, I want some tomato soup. And they're like, there's 18 different kinds. And he's like, just tomato. 
Yeah, um, so typically the uh, starships have replicators, um, and replicators are this really great thing of the future that, like, if we could make in real life, it's the, one of the major Star Trek technologies that I wish that we could have in real life. It's like, you can basically 3D print anything that you want. That would be pretty cool. Um, but uh, it, it takes energy, and I think they were setting up for this episode that, you know, like... Uh, oh, we forgot about this. There was something they said, like, right at the very beginning that is very minor that I thought said a lot, but... Uh, yeah, the, the, basically the replicators, you know, they can they can make food. They can replicate food. But because they're out in the middle of nowhere, they don't have a lot of supplies. They were like, Kess was like, well, we could, you know, supplement, uh, you know, the um, replicator rations with with just real food. Um, which is something that I think continues on for, for quite some time. What do you think is better, a replicator carrot or a, a carrot grown in... Uh, dirt in the cargo hold. That is the immortal <laughs> question because frequently in, in previous Star Treks they, they ask that question and you, you get people say that like replicators just can't replicate some things in a way that does them justice. It's like beyond carrot. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It, it, it's it's close to the real thing but it, it's, you know, it's missing that, that extra, you know, it's missing that dirt flavor. That, that actually also reminded me of something that struck me uh, watching the third episode, I was like, "How's it? Yeah, and it as soon as uh, my brain was halfway through the thought, I was like, "Ah, oh, never mind." It's Star Trek. Was like, "How is there gravity on this ship?" But then I was like, "You know what? They probably got some silly magnetic gravimetric hole plating, man." Yeah, because <laughs> at least in the three episodes I've seen, or four if you count the first one twice, uh, gravity is not an issue. Do they ever do zero g scenes in Star Trek, or is it just like not really? Um, and I think uh, this is one of the things that they uh, they actually bring up a lot. Or it's one of like the recurring like technobabble. Are these things called inertial dampeners? Mm. And that is their answer <laughs> to the fact that they're moving faster than light. That they're not just like slamming against walls and stuff. <laughs> that would have been pretty bad. So okay, but, uh, if we get back to the episode, so uh, the next thing that happens. Uh, is they see... No, they don't see. They sense or pass near a, a quantum singularity. Yeah, actually, uh, at the beginning of the scene, uh, you, since you've never seen one of these, you get your first taste of, like, the iconic opening for, like, almost every previous Star Trek episode. We get Janeway. Like, there's the cold open. We get, like, the two-minute intro. And then Janeway comes in, and she's, like, Captain's Log. And she kind of gives you the situation that the... the like, basically, what's going on on the ship that day. Yeah. Um, and that is, like, a very iconic opening, um, and is basically how every Star Trek episode opens. I know, I've heard it, like, just, you know, memed on on the internet of, like, Stardate 2565, it's Tuesday, and we're passing by a quantum singularity. And it, it's a really good plot device, because they just kind of give you some, like, some, some background information without having to explain it, but, uh... It's like you're reading the diary of, of the captain and hearing these stories. Uh, and sometimes you get, you know, you, sometimes it's not just the captain. Sometimes you get, like, security logs officer or, or security officer's log. Or... Kim's diary. Dear diary. I went on my first mission. So they <laughs> pass by a quantum singularity and they, they sense a ship stuck in the event horizon. Um, oh, no, no. Yeah, I think we're, we might be mixing up episodes here. Because, uh, yeah, this one, they, they, they're flying by it, and they're like, oh, because, right, they're, like, talking, and then, like, the ship shakes. Yeah, and you're like, of course. Oh, yeah, they were in the board meeting, and then the ship shakes, and you're like, uh-oh, something's going on. Yeah, you know the ship shaking means the episode has really started. So they, they but they see the, the ship stuck in the, uh, the black hole, and I thought for a second, someone, I think they were in the board meeting, someone asked, like, what's a quantum singularity? I think it was, like, Kess or something. And I was like, oh, here it comes. They're going to do the classic 
fold a piece of paper in half and stick a pencil through it scene uh, to describe like a wormhole or a black hole or something that they didn't uh, which is a missed opportunity that I'm sure they'll get back to in the next seven seasons so they try to call this ship that is stuck in the event horizon of the black hole or of the of the quantum singularity yeah it's quantum singularity captain um and they get some like garbled static i think and this is when i was like i knew i was like okay the episode's called parallax i was like quantum sing they're looking at themselves i figured it out pretty quick yeah. uh, i did not um, and, <laughs> uh, i mean even rewatching it i was like oh yeah maybe this is like a thing where they're, they're gonna get pulled in uh, i guess maybe i was mixing it up with other ones but it, I, it did not occur to me that it was it was them so that i'm some mark they definitely got me well i, I only thought that you know, from the episode title, from Quantum Singularity, and then also in the garbled static. So, so early on, when they drive past the thing, I even wrote this down. Uh, Janeway says the gravimetric flux is over two thousand percent in a Type Four Quantum Singularity, uh, and then Neelix explains black holes. <laughs> but uh, so I was like, okay, there's gonna be some silly time shit. But then when they're listening to the garbled static, I think I made out. Uh, like a really garbled version of her saying that. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe that's what they're hearing. And then I think later on in the episode, you definitely hear it. Like, they, they clear up the static a bit. Yeah, and... that's like what they, that I think we'll, we'll get there. But I wonder if they actually used, like, do you think they just played some static? Or do you think they actually took the thing and, like, sound mixed it so that it was garbled and played that in there? I would, yeah. I would be interested to know that. I don't know. But they, uh, so the ship doesn't, talk back to them other than the garbled static they try to suck it in with the tractor beam yeah this is like the like the dueling storylines that i was talking about like we have the like the the workplace drama going on but then we also kind of have like the science storyline they're like they're there there's this weird space thing happening and basically they 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 just solve that problem using their brains the entire time uh and it's something that happens in the next episode too but like they basically there's like this storyline where like they're just doing science and they're like, every time that story progresses, it's by them just talking it out. Yeah, they figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that definitely happens because I think they, they get damaged and I, they have another board meeting. And um, I think somewhere in between all this, Chicote went up to Janeway. He's like, hey, you should uh, make Blanus your uh, chief engineer. And uh, she's like, I don't know. She didn't do good in Academy. But then they have a board meeting and she's like, Janeway's like, bring Balana. You know, I want to hear her opinion on this. And the um, the actual guy who's up for head of engineering, Carrie. Carrie, he's like, hey, listen, chick, you just shut up unless you're spoken to or someone asks you a question, which she doesn't do. And they go in there and they're like, how do we solve this uh, problem? Yeah, they. so first off, if you are struggling with a toxic workplace in your real life, you should get your, your bosses or whatever together and watch this episode. <laughs> like, it, It's really exactly how to, to deal with like a toxic workplace. Um, but yeah, they, they go to this board meeting where basically she gives everyone order, like, all right, guys, everyone go to your stations, figure out what's going on, and then we'll meet back up. And in that meeting, everyone says, yeah, we basically wasted some time. <laughs> um, nobody knows what's going on. And then, yeah, they, like, there's basically some engineering competition, right? Yeah, uh, and, Carrie's like, oh, we need to do, you know, limit the flux frame capacitors. And Blonde's like, that would be a good idea if it wouldn't get us all killed. And... Jane was like, oh, let's hear it out, you know, and she's like, okay, let's do your idea, Balana. Yeah, th this is where, like, where we start getting, like, Balana and uh, Janeway start geeking out about science together. Um, yeah. And which is like, a fun girls, thing to watch. The girls are getting it done, and uh, they, I think they decide, 
to go to like a nearby planet or something. Uh, well, so they yeah, because the tractor beam failed already, right? Like they tried... yeah, and it busted up the ship. So they're like, well, let's go get help. We'll fly off in this direction, and then you know it turns out, oh, we're right back at the spot, and then then they realize, oh, wait a second, we're looking at ourselves in the future. Uh, and this is my favorite, one of my, like, probably my favorite scene in this episode is they try to, one, explain some science behind this, like, they give, like, this really <laughs> bad, like, explanation of, like, reflections in an ice, and then after that, like, Tom Paris comes in and he's, like, maybe, like, a stand-in for the audience, and he tries to, like, <laughs> understand it, and, uh, like, after he's, you know, like, okay, uh, let me get this straight, and he says that, and they're like, no, not at all. <laughs> Um, and I think the writers at that point, like, realized, you know, they, they weren't taking themselves too seriously, but uh, oh, I, I thought we, it was funny. We did skip possibly the most important part of the episode, and that is uh, Kess and Neelix go to get dirt from the doctor, and they're, like, talking to him, and he's like, ah, this is bullshit, I have to get dirt for these aliens, and then Kess is like, hey, are you getting shorter? And he's like, excuse me? And then he's like... I am 10 centimeters shorter, because he asks, he's a computer, have I gotten shorter since five minutes ago? And the computer's like, yes. Um, and so he's like, oh no, I'm getting shorter. And that's, that helps them realize, I believe, that they are seeing themselves, because they're like, oh, this is like a time parallel. Yeah, that's actually the, uh, I think that's the thing that, that gives uh, Bolana the idea to, to come up, like, to fix the... Yeah, you're right. It's something to do with the, the, pro the holographic projections of them, and so that's how they figure that out. Uh, so it's very important. Remember that, because uh, it comes back in the most crucial part of the episode at the end. Yeah, I, I really, <laughs> I really liked that uh, the way that they kind of like paced this is they had like a there was like a pretty like deep scene before this one where they they were talking about like some serious stuff and then like they have this like really funny scene with the doctor like they use him as a comic relief like pretty well. He is the best character on the show. Um, I love him. Uh, so that, that I'm am curious to see how how far that goes into the future. It'll never change probably. <laughs> um, so they. Uh, realize n now that they are stuck in a in a time loop somehow. Yeah, they clear up the message that they, the garbled message that they got before. Realize that it was the message that they had sent out nine hours earlier. Yes. And uh, at this point, you're like, what? Yeah, it's them. And they so they figure, you know, they show some sciency graphs of uh, the black holes that were on the wall of your you know eighth grade science <laughs> classroom, and they're like, this is gravity and how it works. Um, and apparently, they entered. Uh, the singularity at some point didn't know, but the hole that they entered in has shrunk, and it's too small for them to exit through. Yeah, now now we're back on the the science uh, the science based uh, timeline or not timeline, but uh, storyline. We're like, okay, how do we? We're in the black hole. How do we get out? There's a, a small hole that we need to find and and break open. How do we do that? Yeah, and they need to fire. They figure they need to fire some sort of uh, one of their lasers at it, but they're like, oh, the ship can't get close enough to fire the lasers at it. So Janeway's like. Taurus, you're coming with me. We're going to go on the little shuttle. Yeah, they get on the shuttlecraft. Which always, man, like, I know this is the mid-90s, but they could have got something better than a van to just... <laughs> like, it, it literally looks like uh, they took a old, like, Econoline van and spray-painted it gray and uh, photoshopped out the wheels and <laughs> just overlaid it over some space. Eventually, they do get, like, a hot rod. Eventually, they do get a hot rod. Uh, the Delta Flyer. 
Well, they they take the Econo liner out. <laughs> um, because, you know, the ship can't get close enough to these powerful beams. For some reason, the shuttle has the beams strong enough to do it, I guess. I don't know. It's the future. It is the future. Let, yeah, let's... <laughs> they, they, they do not... Um, they do not explain... Uh, the, I, they just kind of hand-wave that one away, which is fine. Um, I don't think it would be super interesting to understand no. why that would work. Yeah, they take the shuttle, and they, uh, they blast uh, the hole open wide enough, which they're sitting there on the ship like, oh, it's a... 120 meters, we need... Oh, hold, up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Before we talk about blasting through the hole, we gotta talk about being in the shuttle. Because in the shuttle, we, oh, have, yeah. we have some some, some great uh, character development. We see uh, Bologna Torres and Janeway. They're, they're basically stuck in, in this shuttlecraft. And the shuttlecraft, like, eventually, uh, you know, first off, uh, Bologna's like, my bad, you know, uh, I didn't mean to blow up, which uh, she's a half Klingon, like, they don't apologize. Uh, like, I thought that was, that was a lot for her. She was like, I'm sorry that I blew up earlier. Um, and then Janeway, um, I don't, well, I guess they haven't, they haven't started blowing, this is, might be after they start blowing up the hole, but, uh, at some point they basically blow up the hole, get totally cut off. Yeah, from, yeah, from they the lose ship. their communications after they open the hole. You're right, there was a scene earlier on where Janeway and Torres talked again, I think it was when she told her she wanted to take her on the, uh, shuttle with her because she knows about singularities, and she's, like, talking to her about her time at the academy, and Bologna's like, I, uh... You know, I was just constantly getting ripped on, I guess, for being a Klingon or something, and um, she 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 was struggling so with the uh, you know like the the dealing of like so you probably don't know this, but Starfleet Academy is like like West Point on like on yeah. like steroids. I figured, yeah. I figured it's a bunch of rich, you know, high hoity-toity folks who uh, the only people who actually go to the academy that are characters that you know in Starfleet are like uh, so like an orphan Ferengi boy. <laughs> And Wesley Crusher. These are the like like they're they're like uh, I I don't know who actually and actually in Star Trek: The Next Generation, Tom Paris plays another character who is in Starfleet Academy. Fun fact. But, <laughs> uh, I think anyone is allowed to go to Starfleet. Like it's a really like utopian society. They don't even have money, so you can't really be rich. Oh, so it's communist space communism. It's something like that, but they they they, they don't invest in you know, property. They invest in themselves. So uh, that is. That is the the world of Star Trek. Hmm. That is quite a f science fiction. <laughs> so, Janeway and Taurus are in the shuttle. Janeway uh, gets out her, you know, she gets out her math minutes and her cursive sheets, and she puts back on her, her third grade teacher energy, and her and Balana bond, and you, yeah. you see them geek out about science. They open the hole, uh, they spread it, and they lose communication, so they're like, well, let's get back to the ship. And they say... Oh, but there's two ships. Two ships. Two ships, because the singularity has collapsed so close that the mirror image of their ship is is also floating out there. And they don't have time to fuck this up. So um, they argue over it. Bolana says, no, it's this one. And January says, well, hang on. We were facing that way, you know, ten minutes ago when we, were, when we took off. But they would be facing this way. So... Janeway's like, I, you know what, we've bonded a lot today, but I am going to pull rank on you, and overruled, we're going to this one. Bellana accepts without, like, you know, she didn't punch her in the face. Yep. Which is, like, so we've That's seen... character growth. Character maybe. growth, yeah. And uh, they land on the ship, and they're like, sure feels real to me, and then I think Janeway says something like, oh, by the way, you're, uh, the teacher, uh, the engineering teacher academy... Uh, wrote something nice oh, about yeah, he, you in his notes he, or something. She's he's like, a what? big fan. Big he fan. hated me. And she's like, well, that's not what all his notes say. He said you were the best student he ever had. 
So then they... Uh, it's a really feel-good moment there. You see, like, these two people who, you know, didn't... You, you, can, you get the feeling that these two people have bonded. Uh, it is another, like, good scene. Yeah. And they, they get off the ship, and that's pretty much the end of the episode. There, there's one, you know, Janeway does go and tell Chakotay, like, you know what? I'm going to make her chief engineer. And uh, then it shows her going to, like, her first day. And she goes in, and some of the people are standing around working on shit. And Bellana's like, hey... Uh, why don't you clean up the gravimetric, you know, flux denser? And they're like, uh... And then she goes, please. And they're like, all right. And then they go off and do it. Yeah, and she, she bonds with Karen. She's like, hey, man, uh... uh <laughs> it sucks I got promoted over you even though you've worked for years to, to do this, but suck it. Yeah, I, 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 felt, I felt like you'd have a good, uh, a fun, like, take on that because you're, you know, you're, you're very anti-management. Um... Yeah, it is, uh, it is basically nepotism. There's some bullshit going on. Um, I, personally, if I was on this ship and I was one of the Starfleet people, I'd be like, yo, we need to jettison these people. I guess it's a special situation because they're on the other side of space. But... Uh, yeah, I think they, they, they handle the... Uh, I mean, they, they kind of had a competition, right? Like They were like, all right, we've got two people who are ready for this job. That's uh, true. He did not uh spread the singularity he, he didn't get invited on the trip to be fair uh so kind of low because <laughs> he, he was having bad ideas uh, left and right uh, it's true he was gonna get them all killed so maybe he doesn't deserve it but yeah. Bellana says you know what uh i i am gonna need help understanding starfleet uh protocols so i need you to be my my right hand man mr carey uh so she tries to bring him into the fold which you know is is nice it did seem like one of those scenes that in any other show as soon as she was like, thanks, and they shook hands and she walked off, he would have looked at the camera like pensively and like narrowed his eyes and be like, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, like four episodes <laughs> later, Carrie kills Bolana. <laughs> yeah, which, you know what? There's still time. But so that's pretty much the episode. They, uh, they drove around in circles and bonded. I, I would say that this this was a good episode in that I really liked the like the workplace drama like storyline the the like being stuck in a singularity storyline was a little uh, like it wasn't as interesting as like in the next episode when we talk about it they had a, a kind of more interesting science fiction storyline but uh, I, I thought it was it was good um, and I really did like that that workplace storyline I was like you know this is this is really a good way to like this is a w interesting story to tell in the context of like science fiction on a spaceship yeah and they gotta have at least I mean they they did it a little bit in the first episode but they gotta have a, at least a couple episodes where they kind of hit hit it home that the uh, two crews have to integrate. Yeah, I think that was like really the major point of this story uh, of this story was like they were showing that okay, these two crews they're they're a little rough right now, um but now they're they're, they're getting together, right? Like they're we're, we're going to show you how these two disparate groups of people can become one crew. Yeah, cuz I don't think they said just how many are Maki and how many are Starfleet, you know. I I know they said that the ship could hold like 141 people, but it's a, it's a minority, but it's a it's a it's a it's very close to half. I think it's something like maybe there's like 120 Starfleet guys and then like 80 Marquis guys or something like that. I think it's maybe like three fourths and a fourth. I, I can't remember. Yeah. Well, I mean that's two thirds and a third. Maybe it's probably closer. But... Yeah, and, and I, I assume it's one of those things that the writers kind of left open so that you can you know keep adding in characters randomly like let's not just show the whole crew or, or really hammer out exactly how many people so that we can randomly add more it's an interesting thing that you bring up i'm that's not gonna there's a, uh, i'm not gonna spoil alert it but uh there is uh there were some characters that we saw that will, will come into play later um and yeah they just kind of seem to come out of nowhere Ooh, um, was so. it tiny doctor it because was it the was episode, the tiny wide doctor i know we said that was pretty much the episode but again i did forget uh the most important part of the episode 
they go down to the med bay. Uh, don't remember who it is. I think it might be Kess and Neelix, uh, but it doesn't really matter. Um, or maybe it was Tom. I don't know. They go down to see the doctor, and they're like, hey, we're out of singularity. Are things back to normal? And he's, like, three feet tall, but he's still the same width, and he, it looks super goofy, and the doctor's like, no, it hasn't fixed, but it's getting there eventually, and he's all tiny, and uh, it's quite possibly, if we didn't already have a logo, I would change it to the, the, the tiny doctor. Yeah, we might add, you could, we could probably put the, <laughs> as the, like the, the episode art, you could probably make it the, the tiny white doctor so people can see what you're talking about if they, they are not watching the episodes along with us. Um, another, a uh, fun thing, they resolved a whole bunch of work police drama this time. I, I totally forgot about two scenes that uh, I thought were really funny. One is, there is a scene where, uh, Harry Kim is just like gossiping with Tuvok and I thought that put oh, really yeah. well into it. Uh, he's just like, oh yeah, I, I hear that like the Maquis are about to kill everyone in engineering. Isn't, aren't things crazy? Um, and they just like shut it down. Tuvok's um, like, that doesn't sound right to me. You shouldn't believe everything you hear. Quit gossiping, you fool. <laughs> um, but then the doctor, he like they, they keep the storyline open because kind of a lot of stuff gets resolved, but like they haven't resolved that like the doctor, he's like feeling very underappreciated, like not included in things. And it, the scene that they end on with the tiny white doctor, he's basically like... Uh, he's small, and he's like, no, it hasn't been fixed, but he's also like, it'd be nice if you guys would tell me some things. <laughs> um, and that that will continue on for, for a bit. Yeah. So that's, well, that's pretty much everything I can remember in the episode, uh, as far as, like, the, the fun Would you bits. recommend, yes, yeah, would you recommend this episode, Gage? Uh, between it and the first episode, um, it, it's definitely the weaker one, but, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to beat the pilot. Uh, I agree that it, it was it was definitely a little weaker um, than especially like uh, the episode that we we're gonna watch. Uh, well, won't spoil that one, but uh, yeah, I think it was a little bit weaker, but it's still good. It had a lot of it had a lot of good points. Um, it's a very cerebral episode. You have to like you have to really enjoy yeah. the workplace drama. Yeah. So if so you like the, the Office, you'll love this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I love the part where uh, Neelix brought in a pot of chili and spilled it all over the med bay. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my favorite part of the episode. Yeah, so uh, if you, if you didn't see that, you might need to to rewind and rewatch the episode again because uh, it's in there. You just need to look hard. Yeah, so I guess uh, we can end it there, so we can move on to the next episode in a, in another galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Um. So uh, if you uh, enjoyed this, tell your friends. Yeah, and your family. Tell your friends and family. We only want. Uh... Actually, you know what? I don't care if you enjoyed it. Tell, tell your, your friends anyway. Tell your friends anyway. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>